Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Mildred Mudio, spiritual coach and astrologer, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Torrent, psycho-spiritual counselor and intuitive medium. Today, we're talking about a topic one of you actually suggested, and we're so grateful for any time any of you make any suggestions. One, it makes it easier for us, but we also love to connect with you all, and, and we genuinely want to talk about things that, that you want to hear about. So today's topic is the topic of manifestation. And I love this. I love this because I think that this is a topic that can feel somewhat intangible. It can feel groundless, but that is actually, I think that can come from a space where we feel overpowered by the thought of manifestation. So Ashley, how do you feel about today's topic? I, I think it's so important that we're grounding it because I do feel like there are steps. I think sometimes when we look at stuff on social media or on the internet, it can seem like just think about the things you want and they'll come true. And I think it's not more complicated, but I think it's it's different than that. You know, I think we have to be careful of not spiritually bypassing and just becoming hopeful. I remember one of my favorite Abraham Hicks quotes. When she's talking about manifestation, you know, she talks about the practical piece that I think sometimes people don't hear, but she'll say, like, don't jump without a parachute. You know, you can't just jump into the world and create a big change or say you're going to do something without preparing yourself both internally and externally. Right. You know, and there is a faith aspect in a lot of ways, but it's a co-creation that we're going to talk about. So it's a it's a grounding and a spiritual experience. I, I love that co-creation piece of it all. I, and I think it's probably the most important component of manifestation. So I think that this concept of manifestation got really, really big years, years ago with the book, The Secret, right? And I think that on the one hand, The Secret was great in that I think it was one of the first times where the, the concept of manifestation and co-creation with spirit in the universe was made so popular, right? Mm -hmm. Conversations like that had a niche and had groups of people, but this was the first time that it became somewhat of a, of a global phenomenon and, and topic. And I think that the way that it was expressed and interpreted, I think it was made to be something very digestible for everyone in its simplicity. But I think that what it did is that inevitably people started asking more questions about, wait a minute, all I'm supposed to do is visualize and just wait and, and it'll come to me. And that is actually a very important component of manifestation, but it's not the only thing. And as the conversations around co-creating with the universe, conversations around spirituality, conversations on, you know, getting in touch with that higher self, they keep growing. I think there's still this component that that we're missing the humanness of it all. Mm -hmm. And so the humanness of it all comes with the actual work and steps that need to go into manifesting something mm -hmm. so that we can, in fact, have a mind-body-spirit connection as we are intentionally creating, building, and eventually manifesting something. Yeah, I remember when I first read that book. I mean, gosh, I can't remember when it was. I mean, I was still living in New York City. 
But I remember in one part, it said, imagine checks coming in the mail. And I would imagine <laughs> checks coming in the mail yes. and no checks would come in the mail. And I would be so frustrated and feel like, right. what is I'm, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. So I wanted to share that example. And I think we're going to deconstruct, you know, why did checks not come in the mail? But I also wanted to share an example of something that I did recently where I just felt in my body, like it would be really interesting and fun to be on a guest on a podcast. So I, I said that. So there's the imagining checks coming in the mail. And there's this whole body feeling of that would feel good to my human. That would feel good to my soul to be on someone else's podcast. And within 24 hours, someone reached out to me on Instagram and asked me to be on their podcast. And it was such an example for me of I knew what created that. It was, it was my whole body. It was my spirit. It was my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was an alignment mm-hmm. versus the checks in the mail was me hoping that something would come and save me, right? Mm-hmm. Something would help save me and get us out of a situation we were in. And I'm really, it's like clicking as I'm saying this, that I wasn't participating as fully. I was expecting some savior to come in and sweep us out of financial struggle, you know, as we were with two bartenders with kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And I love your example because I think that especially in in a world of, you know, 30 to 90 second reels, <laughs> we only see the highlights of, of things. Right. So your example, your reel could very well be, I thought about it and then 24 hours later, someone called me. Okay. <laughs> and that's what sticks in people's minds. That's what stays now. And, and I don't want to speak for you. So and I'm going to ask you instead, what did it take? What kind of work have you done on yourself for you to get to a point where you said to yourself, it would be really nice to be on someone's podcast. And then spirit responded 24 hours later. Yes. Because that's such a beautiful moment. That mm-hmm. moment in itself is incredibly beautiful. It is a manifestation of something. But what is the backstory? Well, the backstory is what anyone listening to this podcast has heard from the beginning, really. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess, you know, coming this winter, I will have been in like a two year period of transformation around my voice, my creativity, being on social media. And it has been a daily, um, I don't know how to put it, struggle. And also beautiful at the same time. It has been very painful and dark at times, but it has also been incredibly rewarding. So to get to that point, I have had to show up on a regular basis and have conversations with you in this podcast, to have conversations with people, to be on social media as much as I can tolerate. But to get to a point where my nervous system can tolerate showing up in a moment, being asked questions and trusting my voice and my inner knowing and my experience, to be translated in that way for me to be able to communicate it. Yes. So <laughs> it's interesting. All that work led to a full body wanting to co-create with spirit. And then it came to fruition. Right. And so I think it's important to acknowledge the parts of us that don't believe that the desire that we have is attainable just yet. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'd like to remind clients about, and I, even myself about is remember the power of intention. Mm-hmm. When we set an intention or at the very least say, I really want this. I really want this. There's a big part of me or there are parts of me 
that don't believe that I can have this yet, or I don't see how that can happen. Just the intention alone of you having a desire to, and envisioning, right? This is where visualization really can be fun. This is where you have to trust that the intention of your desire has already made that thing come true. Mm -hmm. Now, what it takes for our human self to actually get there is also part of the process is also just as important as manifesting or, you know, touching, coming together with the thing that we envision and desire. It's important to acknowledge the parts of us that don't believe just yet. Those parts of us need, you know, tender, loving care. They need to be heard. They need to be given space to say, this is what I'm afraid of. So if, if being in, in, you know, if having attention in some way, it's something that you desire, but right now that right now you're afraid, you have to take care of the part of you that's afraid. You have to let that part of you feel safe. And that's going to take as long as it's going to take. Yes, the intention to be seen has already, you know, is already way ahead of our human timeline. So how does how does that land? Because that to me feels like my experience with manifesting that I feel I had it took me a long, long time to to accept, really. Yeah. And and for me, I totally agree that, you know, manifesting is a healing process in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh-huh. it's you know, from I remember saying to you maybe two years ago, I said to you in a, in a conversation, private conversation we were having, I said, how do you feel so comfortable talking and sharing your story and communicating? I said, you seem so calm and steady. And you said you practiced, mm-hmm. you know, and you said you worked with it. And I remember thinking, oh my God, how long is it going to take for me to get to this place? But I didn't focus on that so much as knowing that this was something that was important for me to be able to trust my voice and to be able to trust myself that I could share my story or communicate in a way. And there were some really (laughs) not so great moments along the way, but I also survived those as well. I survived making mistakes, you know? So I think when we think about these intentions getting right with the parts of ourselves, you know, those parts need healing. And they're often inner children that carry trauma or wounding around whatever part of us is involved in the manifestation of our intention. Yeah. When we look at manifestation from a spiritual perspective, I think when we look at manifestation and desire from a spiritual perspective, I think it's important to understand that the reason that we have desires is because that desire involves a journey and a path that's going to help our soul grow. Okay. Yes. It's not so much about what we want as much as it is about what's going to happen to us along the way. Yes. It is so important to remember that. Mm -hmm. It is so important to remember that because here's another way of putting it. You may desire a certain career, a certain something, but when you are present with yourself in this moment and you ask yourself, do I have the capacity to hold everything that comes with that right now? And you answer yourself honestly, and 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 the honest answer is not yet. It's okay to not have it right now. Mm-hmm. I think that that's also something we miss. There are so many things along the path of manifestation that need to happen, that we need to experience parts of ourselves that we need to come across, confront, take care of, hold, love forgive so many things that need to happen along the way so that that manifestation feels so much sweeter when we actually arrive. Yes. I mean, the first step is getting clear what you want. 
But the, the second step is like, who wants that? Mm. And what you're saying just is one of the, the most profound things I've learned in this life. You know, is it the ego's desire or is it the soul's desire? And I remember like earlier in this year, I wanted a new car and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with it. But to me, needing a new car is not the first thing on my list. And I found myself wanting it and I was sitting with that. What is that? And it was because everyone in Charleston has a new car, it seems like. And tons of my friends were pulling up into my driveway and both my cars are paid off. And I kept thinking like, do I really want a new car or would I rather have three weeks in Costa Rica with my family? Or have this other experience, like, where do I want to put my money to? But I really sat with it. And what I came to is it was an egoic thing. I was afraid that people were looking at me and judging me for driving a paid off car, Mm -hmm. you know, not a brand new car. Mm -hmm. And then once I realized that, I quickly let that go. The ego's desire is not about healing. It's about soothing a part of us that needs something so it can feel better, but not in the way we were talking about. You know, one of the things like I got to surf twice today. That was amazing. It's two o'clock and I've already been to the beach twice. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) But when I first moved to Charleston, I was like, I want to surf. And I didn't understand what surfing meant. And I've talked a little bit on the podcast, but I just thought I want to be in the ocean. It looks cool. Sounds fun. Whatever. But what I learned in the process of making that happen, they say in order to become a proficient surfer, it takes like two years. And we went, I was nursing babies. I nursed my son on the beach and then I traded with my husband and went surfing. Like we took lessons all the time. We were out there in all kinds of weather, all kinds of conditions. But what I realized is that desire was not from my ego. It was from my heart. And I felt it. I felt this longing yeah. in my heart. And as I began to surf, what I realized is I was like, oh, I came to confront how bad my PTSD is. I confronted my fear. I sat with my fear on a regular basis. I also explored what it was like to experience freedom and joy as I surfed a wave, something I had never experienced, and to be in flow. And then at some point, I've really come to understand that surfing a wave can often make me feel like the most expressed version of me. I'm the most expansive version Mm -hmm. of me. I'm the most in flow, the most authentic, the most, I'm the most true, the most true, I'm the most true part of me. So surfing that was that desire from my heart was about my healing and about experiencing a flow in life that I didn't get at that point very often because of my history and my wounding. So it's really important after you get clear with with what you want, ask yourself, what part of me wants this and why? And if it's my heart and you don't know why, I say, go for it and just watch what happens. And if it's your ego that invites a conversation of a different kind. Oh, that is so, so beautiful because it's, it's having those desires to manifest something. This is what Mm -hmm. is sharpening. Desires are a way of understanding that life involves growth always. I mean, we can agree that if we just remain stagnant, especially emotionally or spiritually stagnant, we get to a point where we can't really be with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so having certain desires that allow us to grow and step into spaces that we never would otherwise is a part of life. And And I keep honing in on that because I think it's important to understand that it's not so much about being ready and having everything figured out as much as it is about being able to distinguish what you just named. Is it a desire from the ego or is it a desire from the soul? Mm -hmm. So with that said, how can we distinguish? Because I I mean, I imagine that's a question that's probably coming up for anyone listening. Well, how do I know Mm -hmm. the difference? Well, I'll share 
I'll share for me at this point in my life, the question that really helps ground is, is this desire, does it help me be of service in a greater way? That has become my baseline. That's not something that I had three, four years ago. I didn't have that baseline. And being of service means a lot of different things to me now, right? It's not just being of service to my clients or an audience. It's also being of service to my partner, being of service to family. Is this going to bring peace or chaos, right? Does this allow me to get closer to myself? So part of what you learn in in having certain desires and manifesting, you also begin to ask yourself, how does this Mm -hmm. make me feel? Usually if it's a desire of the soul, I think there's a sense of calmness and peace. And if it's just a pure desire of ego, I think that comes with this idea that you're lacking something or that you're missing something or that you need that thing which you're desiring in order to be happy. And I think that a desire from the soul comes with the understanding, oh, this is going to help me grow and be of service, at least for me, in a larger Mm -hmm. scale or in a different way. That has become my barometer Mm -hmm. at this point in my life. I I love that you clarified being of service down to yourself, because I think that's so important. Something we can often forget is that when something supports our healing, Mm -hmm. then we are closer to wholeness or closer to liberation from our wounding and we are easier to be around we can put more love in the world we can connect more deeply to people as we connect more deeply to ourselves. we can experience our purpose and joy in a different way and that reverberates out you know and as you were saying it i was like okay so for me the ego definitely comes from my head and egoic desire comes from my mind and it gets kind of spinny and overthinks and goes back and forth and it's usually externally focused mm-hmm. If I do this, Mm -hmm. then that will either soothe a place in me that's afraid of judgment or criticism, or it'll make someone else happy. But the soul's desire is to me felt in the heart. Usually I can feel a tug in my heart or a longing in my heart or excitement in my heart. It's also like a still calm voice that says, that would be cool. That would be interesting. That would be fun. And sometimes it lights my whole body up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the soul's desire makes Mm -hmm. me cry because, you know, tears are truth. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in a way that lands you in your body. And when I look at like the question, why surfing? Why was surfing my soul's desire? And I know it was because it was part of my healing. And the more I can heal and the more I can have a relationship to my fear and my PTSD, the more I can share with others how that relationship supports the healing and the more available I am to my family and to others because I am more expansive and more loving and connected. Yeah, yeah. I think that to have, to want to have something manifest, to desire to have something manifest is that a desire of the soul, a manifestation from the soul does come with an expansion of us, an expansion that we don't even expect. So we may have a vision of of what we want to manifest, but when it's a, when it's something from the soul, the way that we grow, the way that we connect with other people, the way that we are healed is truly beyond anything that we can imagine from the moment that we are setting the intention to manifest Mm -hmm. something. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? 
And so understanding, or again, setting the intention to ask, is this going to help me feel, or is this going to make me feel expansive? Is this going to heal some part of me? I think it's a, it's a great base to, to ask ourselves, to ask ourselves before we ask why we want that relationship, why we want that job, why we want to connect with certain mm-hmm. people, because then it becomes a much more aligned manifestation Mm -hmm. because that's another thing. We can manifest things that are not aligned with Mm -hmm. our soul, that are not aligned with our values and with what we genuinely desire within. And I think that's also a part of life. I think that's sometimes that's the contrast we need to come back to to ourselves and say, "Uh, maybe this isn't Mm -hmm. what I wanted. I think the perfect example of that was, you know, 2020 when the pandemic hit and everyone was forced to be indoors. And all of a sudden, everyone took, you know, stock of their life and began to ask themselves, is this life that I've built really the life that I want? So when we're talking about soul intentions versus egoic intentions, for example, the ego can come from a place of I need. Rather, the soul can come from a place of I want, I desire, curiosity. There's a very different energy between I need or I have to have versus that sounds fun (laughs) or I'd like to try that (laughs) because unfortunately or unfortunately, it's just how it is. The energy of need sends an energetic message that we're in a state of lack, state of lack of abundance around separation and scarcity. And there's something about I would love to have, or I hope, or I'm curious, or I want from that place comes from more of a state of love, present moment. And the energy of need is repellent. If you've ever, let's say, for example, you all probably know someone in your life who you've been around that at times they felt extra needy, or sometimes they are extra needy. I know in my body, when I feel someone come towards me with a lot of need, I shut down and I have a fear of engulfment and a fear of what that means Mm -hmm. because of stuff that happened in my childhood. And it's not just me. I've spoken to other people. That energy of need says, I don't believe that I can do this on my own, or I don't believe I can live without this, or I don't believe I'll be okay. And the energy of I would love to says, I'm cool. I got this, but it would be really nice to bring this into my life. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think this is especially true when it comes to romantic relationships. Yeah. I think manifesting a relationship, a romantic relationship is is important in a lot of people's desires mm-hmm. and lists. I can understand that. But one of the questions that I I've posed not just to to others, to clients, but also to myself is the question of why do I want a relationship? When you really sit down and ask yourself, why do I want a relationship? And you begin to, you know, write those reasons down or list them in some way. In that list is going to be, I think, reasons that come from the ego and come from the soul. And I think that it's important to lean into the ones that lean into the soul because that is what's going to remind you of just how whole you are and from that space say i would really love to manifest a relationship because if it's from the ego there is a lot of need there Mm -hmm. there tends to be a lot of i need them to feel this i need this to feel loved i need this to feel like i can even grow in some way 
and it's about the understanding that it's it's not about that it's about coming together with something that yes helps you grow because in some way there is the wholeness of who you are at that moment and the wholeness of who the other person is at that moment that can allow you to grow now that doesn't mean you're in the perfect space of your life and 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 it doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. But what it does mean is that the reason why you want what you say you want is a lot clearer. And need is dangerous because need Mm -hmm. will make us overlook red flags. Need will make us stay in something and try to hold on to something that really isn't there sometimes. It will hold on to scraps because I need this so bad. Mm -hmm. Where if we're not in a state of need, we're in a state of curiosity, We're more willing to say, ooh, that doesn't feel good. I'll walk away from this. But need will keep us in a relationship for way too long. Mm -hmm. And then we forget, like, we forget our heart. We forget our wholeness. We forget our boundaries. We forget what we deserve because need erases that and it confuses us because the ego just says, I need this to be whole. To me, that's just dangerous. Right, right. So what do we do? When we set an intention to manifest something, we're doing the things, we're showing up, we're doing the work, mm-hmm. and nothing's happening. <laughs> I think I think that is probably one of the most frustrating spaces to be in. Mm-hmm. Again, and this is from personal experience and observation and holding space for others. What do we do in that mm-hmm. space? Well, I think there's a couple of different scenarios. It's not so black and white. And I think we need to remember that. Right. I think one thing we need to remember that. So we're getting clear on what we want. We're getting clear from where it is. Is it our ego or our soul that we're asking for this? We're caring for the parts of us that may not yet trust that we can get it. And we're working on healing the relationship to those parts. And so nothing's happening. The other thing I would ask is, what are you doing? So If manifestation is a co-creation between you and spirit, remember, what are you doing in the practical world to support that manifestation? How are you showing up? What connections are you making? Are you, are you showing up regularly? You know, let's say you want to be an artist. Are you, or a writer? Mm -hmm. Are you showing up and writing on a daily basis? Are you working on your relationship to writing? Are you healing that? In most things, I have a hard time believe nothing's happening if you're showing up regularly. But if you're talking about, let's say, I've been working on myself. I'm manifesting a relationship. It's coming from the right place. I'm coming from a state of, state of I would love. Then I would look at, okay, maybe it's not the right time. And there are some things we just don't know in spirit. And something we need to remember is that spirit is the most creative artist, something our minds can't even imagine. So things come to us in expected and unexpected ways and always harmonious. And we need to understand that the thing that we hold in our mind that we want often comes to us in an even better version than, than we could ever imagine. Right. And sometimes there's a lot of energy going on behind the scenes. So it could be that one, mm-hmm. it's not the right time. We may not have enough information. And then sometimes, and we can break these down, and sometimes it's what we're asking for is just not right for us at that time or maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes closed doors are the mm-hmm. best things that ever happened to us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think that we all experience some part of all of those throughout our life yeah, in different ways, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that a big part of manifesting anything in our lives has to come with the understanding that we have to be patient mm-hmm. with the process. We have to be present in our lives. We need to be present. So let's say that we're taking a very practical approach, right? So 
I think one of my greater manifestations was was being able to do this for a living. Now, I had thought about that for at least three years before I actually left a job that was consistent and, and, you know, allowed me to live a very stable life before moving into a direction that had a lot of unknowns. There were a lot of times where I wish I had been more patient because I think that my that my day-to-day would have been a lot more pleasant. <laughs> I, I wish I'd been more present. I wish I'd been more grateful for being in that space. I wasn't. And so that was a lesson learned. Now, I think in that, I was still patient. There was a plan. There was a savings plan. I had a goal. I had to show up for work. And I had to make sure that I was doing a good job at the job that I had so that I wouldn't get fired, so that I could save the money to be able to do this. This is where the very human boring component can come in. And we have to remember that that is just part of being human. I think a lot of times, especially because of the way this message of manifestation has been delivered, we want to skip all of that. We live in a time that has life hacks for everything. In a time where people are constantly saying, I made a million dollars in four weeks, here's how you can do it too. That is said enough times to where people are really beginning to believe that that's just how life happens, right? And it isn't. Because remember what we were talking about earlier, everything that happens along the journey of you actually manifesting something that you really care about, all of that matters. Everything that I experienced in those three years of saving my money, of getting out of debt, of doing everything that I had to do, was also fortifying me to say, oh shit, when I really put my mind to something, I can actually do that. And it makes me less afraid for the next thing that I want to do. And so you have to, you have to put that into context. That is as much part of manifesting as anything else. So when we have set out or set the intention for a particular manifestation, we can't stop being a helicopter parent over our manifestation. Yeah. Because that interrupts the process that you've already set in motion. That to me feels like getting in your own way of something that you're already on your way towards. And you're trying to control it. You know, you're controlling the timeline and these things, like we said, you know, they don't happen overnight and you're really missing out because in those three years you're talking about, I can imagine beautiful things were happening to you. Maybe not on a daily basis. Right. But a weekly basis, you were learning things about yourself, you were empowering yourself to make choices and to change. There's something often in this process of manifestation. If we're not looking at those little changes, if we're not noticing, then there's a lack of gratitude because we are evolving. Something is happening, whether mm -hmm. we realize it or not. Something is happening inside us that we're putting our intention or effort on something that is so important to us. And the ways we're showing up and even just saying, wow, mm -hmm. I am showing up every day for this. And that makes me feel really good. That's something to take stock of. Absolutely. We go from saying, I have to do this to I get to do this. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time that that was introduced to me, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand what that meant because where I was at the time, it's like I felt that everything I did, I had to do. <laughs> and so that's, that's just the space that, that I was in. But what I'm realizing now, to your point, is really what a blessing it is to be able mm -hmm. to get up every morning, <laughs> to be able to, you know, get up, take a shower and brush my own hair, brush my own teeth, 
those things that we take for granted on a daily basis, all of those little things mm -hmm. are not so little because if we didn't have the ability to do certain things, we would realize just how significant they are. You know, quote unquote, little things like when my partner comes home from work every single day, it's a blessing that he gets to walk in through that door after a long day because it's like mm -hmm. we have it. Maybe he wouldn't. Right. So it's important to understand these things and live as much as possible in a state of gratitude because gratitude is also a feeling, an emotion, an energy that is energetically speaking, it is the closest feeling that we have to the divine. Mm. And think about that. Think about when you truly feel grateful for those little things in your life that aren't so little. How do you not feel? connection mm -hmm. to spirit in that space and it's not just a matter of saying shit things could be so much worse no it's a matter of saying this isn't bad at all and i'm truly mm -hmm. held and sustained right now i think having that be a practice on your way towards manifesting something specific one makes the journey to the manifestation a lot more tolerable especially if it's something that has to take more than you'd like and two you realize that you're not missing anything without that manifestation mm -hmm. no i agree when you're helicopter parenting your manifestation you're sending out that energetic exchange of doubt or that energy of doubt fear, lack of trust. I totally agree with what Millie said. I want to add to it. If you're struggling with gratitude, because you can't, just like anything else, you can't force yourself to gratitude. But what we're asking you to do, it goes back to tending to the part of me mm -hmm. that's struggling to feel grateful, that's afraid, that's really frustrated and angry right now, feels like nothing's happening. And that's where you start, you know, you go back to that and you're like, wow, I notice mm -hmm. I'm just clenching my fist. I need to control this. I'm frustrated. I'm scared. I don't have it in me to continue doing this. I don't believe in it anymore. And I would just say, just watch what part of you is there. There's probably a scared part of you that's so scared of not getting the thing that you want that it's so important to you. And they're probably sad. So I would just take a minute and attend to that part. Listen to how you feel. Name it. This is what I'm feeling. Sit with it. Notice it. And what you'll find is as you name that and you allow that feeling to move through you, to another feeling comes and another feeling comes. And before you know it, if you can sit with it, you often reach love and gratitude. You know, and then there may be some days that you can't. You just can't. You're having a day. Yeah. It's a shit day. You can't. And I just want to mm -hmm. say that rather than fighting the universe or fighting yourself, come to a place of today's a really hard day. I'm having a hard time believing. I'm hurting. I'm sad. So what can I do to comfort myself and move softly today rather than focus on what's not happening? Because that will just lead to more frustration and more mm -hmm. fear and more pain, you know? So does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, I think that practicing gratitude is a practice in itself, you know, as I... <laughs> Yeah. But I think people often get confused between, oh, I should just feel gratitude. And it's like, and what we're saying and what Millie's saying is it's a practice. All of these things are a practice, a daily practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't in a state of gratitude before manifesting doing this for a living. Most of the time I wasn't. And now I come to understand, no, because I was in a state of survival, because I was in a state of trauma. And I really, and even then I do remember still doing my best to find the little things to be yes. grateful for. And that, you know, to Ashley's point, honor and acknowledge what you're feeling and still try. Just 
just try mm-hmm. because there is something so incredible about acknowledging that there is something to be grateful for mm-hmm. and and that energy is powerful i feel that gratitude is along along the lines of the energy of love mm-hmm. there's something that is soothing that's up there's something that is healing there yeah. just wanted to add and remember in this process there are going to be shit days in healing right. there are shit days right. <laughs> they're not going to be all glorious days there are going to be shit days and days that feel hard and heavy and that doesn't mean nothing's happening so how you hold yourself on those shit days is so important right another thing that i have found especially in the last three years towards manifesting things is my devotion to life and the practical things so what does that look like for me first off i think that when we are devoted to something it usually holds a very special place in our life in our heart in order to to show up to something day in and day out i think to me devotion is that practice that i keep talking about i am devoted to my spiritual practice i know i know that when i don't show up for my spiritual practice i am not the same i know that I feel it. I, I can do my best, you know, to fake it till I make it. And sometimes it's great, but that's not how I want to feel. So there is a devotion to my spiritual practice that I feel has, has played an immense role in me manifesting certain things in my life. From manifesting my partner seven years ago, what I was devoted to at the time, I had just started meditating. I had just started learning about myself. And I knew I was devoted to the idea that if I could get myself calm enough, I would make better decisions in the men that I chose to date. Mm -hmm. That's where it started, right? I didn't know anything about nervous system. I didn't know anything about trauma. I just knew that when I was calmer, I wasn't making impulsive decisions. I wasn't just saying yes. Mm -hmm. So that was the best that I could do with the knowledge that I had at that time. But I became devoted to my meditation, to reading certain books, to being much more strict with who was around me and who I was giving my time to, right? Now there's there's a devotion to my spiritual practice because I, I love my work and I love the people I work with and, and I understand that I need it in order to be able to hold space. But there is also devotion to the practicalities of we have to put things on calendar. We have to show up for calls. We have to answer the emails we don't want to answer. We have to, you know, talk to the accountant As soon as I started seeing those things as part of my devotional practice, something changed because I realized this is part of it. And the more I fight it, the more unhappy I'm going to be. And at first it started as, I don't want to be unhappy about this. And then it morphed into, oh my God, this is just as much of an intricate part of my overall manifestation as me showing up and doing a podcast. Me showing up doing a podcast is something that I love to do. Me having to answer a million questions by my accountant, not so much. She's a lovely lady who is so patient with me. (laughs) Our practices can become something that we're devoted to. So let's say that you want to manifest, I don't know, a job, a project. What are the things that you can put on calendar on a week to week basis, twice a week, you know, once a month? For those that are starting out twice a month, that you know that no matter what, you're going to show up to that and make it consistent enough because consistency creates momentum and momentum creates energy that we do not see, but believe me, it creates really beautiful things. Mm-hmm. 
So when it comes to devotion, yes, it, to me, it's a very spiritual experience, but it comes hand in hand with the practicality. And I have really had a shift in mindset. It got my mind right. And I said, no, this is just as part of my devotional practice as anything else. I love that you've you've shifted the narrative around those practical pieces for me so much in wrapping them in devotion. And when we were talking about this podcast, we looked up the definition and, you know, devotion and like devotional was so tied to religion for me for a while that I kind of, I didn't cringe at the word. I moved away from it. But when we brought it up the other day, I looked it up and it's enthusiasm and joy. Mm-hmm. And so it made me go, yes, I want to show up with enthusiasm and joy when I can. And to be able to think about, you and I have talked about, I have a part of me that is so resistant to those mundane tasks. It's just like, I don't want, I'm like a kid. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't feel like it. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. When I recognize that those mundane tasks support the energy of my practice, Mm -hmm. the energy of my work, the energy of things that I love to do. You know, those mundane tasks like housework Mm -hmm. can support how it feels to be Mm -hmm. in your home and you can be devotional to devotion you can have devotion oh my god (laughs) forgive me this is what i get for surfing twice today (laughs) surf brain um being devoted to your home can create such a beautiful environment so this idea that these practical things are a practice of devotion it just it lights me up and makes me more excited so i'm grateful for you reframing that for me yeah, I think it, it took that reframe for me to to start really showing up for things yeah. differently. Because remember, it, you're the one who has to put up with yourself the most. <laughs> and there were times where I would kick and scream and pout and all of the things. And I would just think to myself, I don't like myself right now. Why am I doing this? Why? Where is this coming from? And it's important to get curious and it's important to ask certain questions of yourself. Absolutely. And what I realized in that reframe is, oh, shit, I really do have a lot of power in terms of my outlook on life and how I get to manifest. And so this ties in the humanness with the spirituality slash magic of Mm -hmm. manifesting. It doesn't come without work. But I think that what can make that work feel less heavy at times is breaking it up in chunks Mm -hmm. and being consistent and showing up for those chunks. And being focused in those chunks. And over time, you'll see, you know, oh my God, I've been at this for weeks. You know, Ashley and I have this many episodes of our podcast. Like when you show up, something is happening beneath the surface that is bigger and greater than the human mind can imagine. And you have to trust that. Okay. We talked about when nothing happens and having patience. But when doors just stay closed, you know, the idea that sometimes doors are closed or sometimes things don't happen because that path isn't meant for you. And that's important information. And how do you know when a door is closed and that path isn't for you or it's just not the right time? Huh. That, I think that's a, that's a really great question. Here's, here's what I think. I think that when, when something is not meant for us, I think the universe is really quick and keen on telling us, no, mm-hmm. not that way. not that way and i think where we have a difficult time is when we refuse to accept that no yeah i've become really great at not taking no's personally it just means that that's not what's meant for me Mm -hmm. that's all it means because when the yeses come they're very easeful and you have to take note of that when the yeses come they're very easeful they can come with an invitation or if you're the one inquiring the yes is yes of course why not There's a sense of joy. There's a sense of ease. Nothing Mm -hmm. is forced. 
And that goes with everything. You have to take no and you have to say, mm -hmm. great, that wasn't it. And look, I can, I can take the no's now and be better with them than I was before. But I think that also mm -hmm. takes practice. It takes a certain mindset. It takes a certain trust in life to be able to take a no mm -hmm. as a blessing. Because I do believe that fundamentally it is a blessing when you get a no. It's just, that's mm -hmm. just not it. So I think the universe is very clear with what's meant for you and what's not. I do too. And if you're fighting something, you'll feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. If you're putting effort in a direction that's not moving at all, if you're paying attention and willing to accept the no, you'll notice it. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, when you're putting your effort into a direction that's meant for you, there may be like little dribbles at first, and then that will catch momentum. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll start to see that change that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes in wanting something, and let's say in wanting something or setting an intention for something, sometimes we're missing out on what's happening right in front of us. Mm -hmm. And I want to add that too. Yeah. Because I've noticed like I've wanted things mm -hmm. and I've really missed out on all the ways I'm changing, learning the connections I'm making at the time because I'm focused on the other thing. And the thing that I've wanted while I was missing that, it doesn't mean that that wasn't going to happen. It just means that I need to be where I am right now because there's a lot of rich stuff happening and a lot of healing happening. And so I need to just be purposeful and intentional with what's happening. When life isn't stagnant or flat, something's going on. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? When mm -hmm. you're still growing, when growth is still happening, then usually where you are, there's something there for you. And I also have people say, well, I'm still learning in this relationship. And I think at what point are you really still learning or are you telling yourself you're still learning? You know what I mean? Right. And we need to differentiate between, am I actually still learning and healing? Is this of my highest good? Is this still harmonious to my life? Or is it time to move on? So sometimes I've noticed that I'm still really actively growing and I'm kind of rushing things. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes it's good. Okay. Am I thinking I'm growing, but I'm actually just repeating the same cycles over and over again? Right. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I, I think this is when we can get very creative in, in sometimes lying to ourselves. Yeah. The human mind is very intelligent in that way. When we really want to hold on to something, when the fear of letting go of something or someone is greater than the potential of, of something unknown, we will do anything in our power to keep it. Mm -hmm. But we know. And so I don't know that there is much that you and I can say right now that will help people land in, when am I lying to myself? When am I in denial? I think we all know. Mm -hmm. I think we all know. And so it really does require a certain level of honesty to say, does this still align with me and who I am and how I see myself? And so if perhaps that is a baseline to start from, I'm trying to figure out if I should, you know, hold out for this or get out. Well, who are you now? And is the thing that you're holding out for bringing you more strain than joy? And that can be perhaps a way to get clear. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the last things I wanted to add to this and tell me if you have more was that when we're setting an intention and we're working on manifestation, I love the idea of asking, is it of my highest good? Is it harmonious mm -hmm. to my life? Mm -hmm. I think those mm -hmm. are really important questions. And those also will kind of help you differentiate between heart and ego desires. But along the way, as you're, as you're working on and you're showing up, you know, keeping those ideas in hand, because the universe will create things with you that are of your highest good yeah. and that are harmonious to your life. And like you said at the beginning, you can manifest something that isn't harmonious. 
you know, but I don't think that's you co-creating with the universe necessarily. That's just, that's you choosing something and then experiencing right. the karma around that and learning to grow from that. We want to leave you. We talked a lot. We talked about a lot of things in this episode today. And I think that it was important to touch on a lot of those nuances because the process of manifestation like life is filled with nuances and it's important to honor to honor them as they come up but just to leave you with a few bullet points that maybe you can write down on a post-it have it on a mirror come back to it and ask yourself where in the process are you or what part of the process is asking for your attention right now we want to leave you with these five bullet points that you can take with you right so you want to it's important for you to get clear on what you want, like really mm -hmm. distilling down. So if you're saying like, I want home, what does home look like to you? Where would home be? Mm -hmm. What would it feel like to be in that home? So you want to get clear on what you want. You want to get clear on, is it your ego or your soul that wants this? And really getting clear on that and making sure you're, you're working from a soul's desire. The next thing you want to do is really tend to the parts of you that may have fear or doubt around creating this that may have wounding or trauma around this. So this is really loving and working on the healing aspects of those parts to support that manifestation, knowing that it doesn't happen overnight and sometimes it's a longer process. Mm -hmm. And then the practical things that you can do in your life, which as Millie beautifully said, this is about being devoted to your life. How do you show up in your spiritual practice? How do you show up to the practical ways of doing the things like the emails, the connections, showing up on a regular basis to have the conversations? If you're a writer showing up to write, you know, if you're working on your body, showing up regularly to your physical practice. So we're working with the spiritual and the human aspect so they can work together on this manifestation process. You can't do one without the other, as we so often say. And then the other thing is, then you need to let it go in love. You need to bless it in love and let it go. And you're trusting the wisdom of the universe. And you can even say things like, remember, we talked about always harmonious for my highest good and expected and unexpected ways. Unexpected is so important because like I said, the universe has an imagination that's so much more brilliant than our minds can hold. So remember, these things might come in ways that you never thought possible. So you're releasing it with your love. You're holding those things. And also you might want to say at the right time, but you're trusting in divine timing. You're trusting that the divine has a hold of love around you and that you're manifesting something that is, again, harmonious to your life and what's best for you. And sometimes our humans don't always know what's best for us. Right. So this is part of the trusting, the releasing, and the surrendering. That's beautiful. Thank you again, you know, who whomever suggested this this topic. Again, if there is anything you all want us to have a conversation around, please feel free to reach out. We hope that this is of service. Um, and as always, we are here to ground the human experience and, and the spirituality that comes with it. So thank you all so much. And if you like the podcast, please feel free to rate and review it. We would love that. And then keep an eye out for things that we have coming up. I know we have a Soul Circle event in September, October, and December, which is an opportunity to receive a reading from one of um, the people that I've worked with. Um, Millie is one of them, a gifted intuitive to receive a reading from them. We also, I also have classes coming up in September and October. And Millie, do you have your treat? Yeah. 
So I have my retreat in Guatemala coming in October. We still have a few spots left. So please feel free to reach out, claim a spot. We're staying in Antigua, Guatemala in a beautiful, safe and guarded home. It's an adventure retreat. So we will be doing a lot of physical activities as well as yoga and meditation. I also have a group coaching program coming later, either later this year or for the new year. But I also have a new one-on-one program that I'm, I'm currently working on and putting together. So stuff is coming for sure. Yes. So definitely keep an eye out and don't feel, don't hesitate. Oh my goodness. Don't hesitate to reach out. <laughs> If you have any comments or suggestions, thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, wow. 